This is Radio Maria, and welcome to Pro Parent with Chiro Candia. Hello and welcome to Pro Parent, the program that promotes confident parenting with me, Chiro Candia. My mission to provide parents with the tools and encouragement to become the best mothers and fathers God is calling them to be, fostering homes where children grow in character and virtue. Today I want to begin with a joke. This is the story of the strong man who helps his mother move a wardrobe down the road to a new house. He decides to carry the wardrobe instead of hiring a van as it's only a short distance away. But his mother wants to help him and asks his brother to help with the transfer of the wardrobe. And so an hour later, the mother sees her strong son staggering beneath the weight of this wardrobe, sweating. And he's alone. And she opens the door and blurts out, Didn't I ask your brother for help? And he said, Yes, but he's inside the wardrobe holding the hangers. <laughs> For many people at Christmas, the burden can be really heavy. A whirlwind of doing and going and carrying all sorts of unnecessary heavy loads. Everyone's rushing to buy gifts, get their homes holiday ready, plan trips, cook big meals. These are all good things, but which so easily can become heavy burdens. And thanks to the internet, we're not just doing all these busy things... We're also busy showing them off online. You know, even our Christmas celebrations can become a big part of our lives, that online life story, as it were. More heavy wardrobes. So with Christmas almost upon us, I thought I'd take a quick look at some of the different roles that people play during this period and some of the associated pressures and then come up with a new role which hopefully avoids these pitfalls and can make us happier at Christmas. So the first one, the controller. This is the Christmas enthusiast who sees themselves as the family's holiday CEO. This person basically has childhood memories of Christmas that are straight out of a movie, and they're determined to recreate this movie down to the last bauble. You know, the controller is the one who is planning all the meals, the decorations, the various traditions for the whole family. Now, these Christmas commanders might argue that they're just trying to make Christmas special and memorable for everybody. But more often than not, they end up being more stressed themselves, you know, even more stressed than Santa on Christmas Eve, and they make everybody's life miserable trying to create this perfect Hollywood Christmas. So that's the controller. Then we have the trapped. Now these are people who really don't want to be part of any of the holiday events, or perhaps a good number of them, but feel that they must. It's almost mandatory for them to show up to things. You know, for example, some adult children who feel the pressure to visit their parents' home for Christmas, a situation that becomes much more complex when these adult children are married and perhaps have children of their own and Christmas becomes one big journey between houses with little ones spending endless hours in the car travelling in order to make everybody happy. The third role 
that I'd like you to consider is the overcommitted. Now, what can we say about the overcommitted? Well, this is the individual whose days are a whirlwind of shopping, decorating, cooking and wrapping gifts, all juggled masterfully, perhaps around a full-time job and all the various responsibilities. And for the overcommitted, the holidays are a high-stakes game, you know, with every detail carrying the weight of the world. You know, the countdown to Christmas for them is a roller coaster of anxieties, from the success of the Christmas dinner to the reception of their carefully chosen gifts. They're not necessarily trying to control everything, but what they're trying to do is to carry the whole burden themselves of trying to make everybody in the family happy. And what these three types of roles all have in common? Well, I think people who manifest these kinds of dispositions feel compelled to act in some way. You know, for these three groups, the words should and must are ones that are heavily weighing them down, just like that man carrying the wardrobe with his brother inside. There's the controller who thinks that everything must be done in a particular way, the trapped who feels they should join in even if they'd rather not, and the overcommitted who take on more than they can handle because they think they should. So lots of musts and shoulds. But this whole mindset of should do and must have transforms what's meant to be a festive season into a, a giant ball of stress. Now this Christmas, I invite you all to avoid the pitfalls of the controller and the trapped and the overcommitted in trying to match up to some kind of ideal holiday image and to pause and to reflect, is there another way? And the answer, of course, is most definitely yes. And I'm going to call this type of way the contemplative way. This is the person who understands that in life, of course there are musts and shoulds, but they are not necessarily bound by them. They don't feel compelled, they freely choose to do these musts and shoulds and take responsibility, and are able, importantly, to prioritise between these musts and shoulds because they have taken responsibility. Before going into some of the characteristics of the contemplative, a few thoughts about what it is this type of person is in fact contemplating at Christmas. For years, as we walked to my mother-in-law's house during Advent and the Christmas season, I was always really happy to see one house on the street that was really classy. It was one of those houses that wasn't a shrine to everything secular. I remember coming across a fantastically lit up Darth Vader once with a Santa's hat. No, no, this particular neighbour of my mother-in-law had a large glass box outside his house lit with these lovely white and gold lights and there in front of the box was a little nativity scene with angels behind it. I was really happy to see that because a lot of us, when Christmas comes around each year, you know, we lose sight of what's so important about it, spending way too much time worrying about purchasing the kinds of gifts that advertisers say we should buy our kids, back to the shoulds again, or musts. Now, I'm not going to tear into Santa Claus today. You know, this is not a controversial episode. 
Although I do think it's worth celebrating with our children the story of St. Nicholas, you know, someone who wanted to be just like Jesus and went and helped the poor. Now, today I want to focus on the manger, thinking about my neighbour's nativity scene, which is such a wonderful way to kind of share, celebrate and be grateful for our faith. I used to think, you know, how amazing it was for those secularists who'd walk down the road and see that scene and perhaps just bring a a little moment of cheer and perhaps pause for reflection. Pope Francis writes about all of this in an apostolic letter called Admirabile Signum. He went to Greccio, which is the mountain village in Italy where St Francis of Assisi created the first nativity scene in 1223 using real-life actors in the town square. And this is what the Pope says in that document. He says, Children, but adults too, often love to add to the nativity scene other figures that have no apparent connection with the gospel accounts. Yet each in its own way, these fanciful additions show that in the new world inaugurated by Jesus, there is room for whatever is truly human and for all God's creatures. From the shepherd to the blacksmith, from the baker to the musicians, from the women carrying jugs of water to the children at play. All this speaks of the everyday holiness, the joy of doing ordinary things in an extraordinary way, born whenever Jesus shares his divine life with us. Now, what lovely words from Pope Francis. And in effect, he's telling us that we can take some artistic license when it comes to setting up our cribs, with our children, in our families. It's just part of our tradition, a pious tradition that we've received to help picture the image in our mind. And this is what contemplatives do. They use all their faculties, their creativity, imagination, intellect, will to reflect on the ordinary in an extraordinary way. And at Christmas they understand that the reason we give gifts is because God gave us the greatest gift imaginable, his son lying in swaddling cloths in a manger. God wants us to contemplate him at Christmas and to rest in his love and in the love of those around us. But to be contemplatives, to be able to rest in God's love and as I say in the love of those around us, we need to cultivate a very important skill. And that skill is the skill to think straight. What do I mean by this? Well, within ourselves, we have three sets of powers. You know, we have an intellect that can discern the good, the true, the beautiful. We have a will that can choose that good. And we have what are called the passions or emotions. And the point of passions and emotions is to help us to delight when we've done the right thing and to avoid and dislike even the thought of doing the wrong thing. So if you like, the emotions act as a a kind of grease for the wheels to make it easier to do the right thing and to avoid the wrong thing. So when everything's going well, I use my intellect to figure out the right course of action. Then I choose it. That's my will. And then my emotions say, hooray, they back up the choice that I've made. When things don't go well, it's the other way round. My feelings end up dominating proceedings and my intellect basically catches up. It just rationalises why what I did was okay. I don't know, you take something belonging to your neighbour and you think, well, he didn't need it anyway. I'm really in need at the moment 
And so the intellect is not really pursuing the true and the good and the beautiful. The intellect is now justifying the passion. The intellect is not the one setting the direction of travel. So if you sense those stressful feelings over the Christmas period, accompanied by justifying thoughts from your intellect along the lines of, I have to make this kind of Christmas dinner. I should decorate the house inside and out in this way. We have to be this type of person and have that kind of Christmas or else it's not going to be a happy one. You know, when you feel these feelings overwhelming you, change the thoughts. Go back to the intellect. Get your thinking straight. Lead with your reason. And then your feelings are going to change accordingly. So what we should be doing is fostering thoughts like, this year I'm determined to contemplate the meaning of Christmas and I'm determined to properly rest with my family. This year won't be about fulfilling society's expectations, but rather leading with our intellect and with our thoughts, we can shape our feelings and we can choose the kind of Christmas we want for ourselves and also collaboratively uh, with our families. So I would recommend that over the next few weeks you list the kind of things you'd like to do each day. Now clearly some of them are going to be must-dos or should-dos. We all live in the real world. We have responsibilities, we have duties. But the important thing really is to say to yourself, I can't do everything and I shouldn't do everything. I need to be realistic and I'm not going to overload myself in the pursuit of a poster card Christmas. And then I suggest that you review your daily list and if any day appears too hectic, you know, make a, a list of those must-dos and should-dos and rank them in order of importance. And if that day it means that we're not going to be able to make fancy gingerbread men, no offence to gingerbread men, then so be it. And just because something has been done in the past, we always make gingerbread men on the 20th of December, it doesn't mean you have to keep doing it. So keep a realistic list of the, the things that you must and should do, making sure, I would suggest, that the must-dos get done early in the day, followed by the should-dos, so that they're not hanging over your head. You know, often stress can be caused by simply putting off what we know we should have done earlier. But just as importantly each day, as well as doing these musts and shoulds, make sure that you have at least one item on your list which is what you want to do for yourselves or in collaboration with your families. And these will be moments of rest. By clearing the musts and the shoulds and leaving out some of those unrealistics, we ensure we make some time for the wants, for the things that we want to do with our families. Because these moments will provide proper rest and allow for the contemplative within us to flourish. Maybe the one thing I want to do that day is to go for a walk alone or with the kids or even play a board game or read that book or to listen to that audiobook or to make time in the day to pray. As I said last week, you know, prayer is also a form of rest. You know, we need to take care of ourselves 
if you want to be contemplative this Christmas. And if you love putting up all sorts of decorations and following all sorts of traditions, and you know, without affecting your contemplation of the real meaning of Christmas, then great. Traditions can really help shape a family's culture and identity, but I really would strongly recommend not going overboard with these traditions and just maintaining a few. And finally, making sure that we think straight, don't be afraid to delegate this Christmas. Everyone makes up the family, mum, dad and the kids. Everyone should be helping out. People take ownership when they help out, whether it's preparing Christmas lunch or putting up decorations. I hope you have a, a blessed Advent season, what's left of it, preparing for Christmas. You, know, you still have time, if you haven't done so, to set up that nativity scene, perhaps in your front garden or in your living room, on your table, and to wait joyfully and contemplatively for Jesus to come this Christmas season. That's all from me, Chiro Kandia, on today's episode of Pro Parent, the program that promotes confident parenting. Tune in same time next week. Goodbye.